Hi, my name is Josh McCarthy, and I want to welcome you to another edition of our Ask the Experts Weekend here on 104.5 WOKV. And this show is dedicated to you, the workforce of today and tomorrow. Pete, the job guy, Langlois, introduces his listeners to the most innovative companies, and he explores the career journeys behind some of the world's most influential individuals. And this is all done with an honest and oh-so-entertaining filter that is unique to Pete, the job guy, Langlois. Take it away, Pete. you hard workers, I'd like to congratulate you right now for making a wise decision, and that is by listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. This show is dedicated to you, the workforce of today and tomorrow. I share information with you that are ultimately going to help you to be more effective and productive in your careers. I am also fortunate to have each and every week some of Jacksonville's most influential people, and they share information about themselves, the great organizations that they represent, and I'm telling you what, today is a great day. With me in the studio as each and every week, I have Eric Ross here with me. Hey, Eric. Hey! <laughs> and you know Eric Ross. He's been a weekly contributor to the show for quite a while, and his segment is called Common Sense Ain't So Common, and each week he shares a little a little ditty, a story about somebody that messed up in the workforce. They did something crazy, something nutty, and after you listen to it, you kind of scratch your head and say, did that really happen? And I, I guarantee you, folks, it's, it's happened. It's happened a bunch of times, but Eric also gives advice, so the story's never about you. So that's why it's always good to listen to Eric. But now we've invited him to co-host with me, and I'm glad he's here and he's a big part of the show. All right, guys. I told you I have some of Jacksonville's most influential people as my guests. You hear Josh say it every week in the intro, but this week is is great. I have the world-famous Nick Howland with us today. Nick, <laughs> welcome to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. Pete, thanks for having me. Eric, thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. Let's party. <laughs> well, well, I want to tell uh, folks a little bit about you. Uh, I know you. I've met you. I've known you for a long time, uh, Nick. Nick is the executive director of Firewatch, and this is an organization in town that's dedicated to ending veteran suicide. As, as a veteran myself, a Navy veteran, seven years in, I know that this is uh, this is uh, this is real. This happens. People are dealing with a lot, especially after they get out of the service. Their identity, who they are, and tell us a little bit more about the Firewatch and and how you've come to to lead this great organization. Well, sure, Pete, and you said it. The Firewatch is Northeast Florida's fight to end veteran suicide, and veteran suicide is a national epidemic, state epidemic, a, a regional and a local epidemic. To your point, we're losing over 6,000 veterans each year, U.S. military veterans wow. each year to suicide. Wow. And it's actually at a rate of one and a half times that of civilians. It's been that way for over 15 years, meaning it's statistically significant that we're losing veterans at a rate higher than civilians. Wow. So really, the, the Firewatch was founded on the principle that we can end veteran suicide by preventing veteran suicide. If you actually look at what's been done up until the launch of the Firewatch, most of the solutions have been federally driven, top down, you know, more money in the federal budget related to mental health, what have you. But yet the number of suicides continues to rise in the veteran community. So our premise is that if we can get to veterans and get them the help they need before they slip into crisis, we can end veteran suicide. You know, you know, 
let's talk about the program because, yep. you know, we want to proactively identify people that might be in trouble, veterans that might be at a crisis. Um, so, so tell us a little bit more. I'm a veteran myself. I also happen to be a watchstander, so yes. I know a little bit about <laughs> the, the fire watch. Uh, I went through the program. I, I know some of the tells and, and things to do. I also know what to do uh, uh, if, if I, I, I see somebody. But maybe you could share a little bit more about the program and how uh, people – can identify and help those that may be in need. Well, you said it again. Our cornerstone program is the Watchstander program. And I said before, our first premise is we want to end veteran suicide by preventing veteran suicide. Our second premise is that it takes the community to do so. So very much like CPR was launched in the 1970s to engage the community to learn the warning signs of people at risk for dying by heart attack and to get help quick. We launched the Watchstander program in May of 2020 with the, the goal of engaging the community, training them to identify the warning signs, the tells, as you said, mm-hmm. of a veteran that might be in crisis and, and uh, giving them an idea of what resources are out there available to that veteran so they can get them to the help they need. It's cool. called our Watchstander program. It's free, takes 30 to 45 minutes. It's available online, and we already have over 1,600 people in the community have taken the training. That, that's great. Let me let me chime in here as a non-veteran. How would I find out about it? How would I sign up? And, and what are the signs? How can I notice it yeah. as someone that's not been in, in the trenches with you all? Sure. Well, <clears throat> thefirewatch.org. That's that's where uh, you can learn about our program and sign up for our program, thefirewatch.org. And some of the signs in a veteran leading up to crisis are similar to civilians leading up to crisis. They're just exacerbated in veterans. So if you think about it, undiagnosed or diagnosed mental health um, illness, um, financial distress, relationship distress, loss of sense of purpose. Um, and, and Pete said it actually in the introduction, one of the most vulnerable times is when a service member is transitioning into civilian life. So the first year of veteran status and finding out their purpose, finding a job, trying to understand if they're going to be financially stable. Um, similar things with civilians. It's just if you think about some of the dynamics of a veteran, um, very often it could be a 17 or 18-year-old going away from their family in their hometown for the very first time, spending five, six, seven years, maybe two enlistments in the service, and then getting out. So they've that's their first time in adulthood. It's a, a bit unfair to say, but the first time on their own looking for their place to live, the place where they're going to get their next paycheck, um, all of that had been taken care of previously. So here, here they're 26, 27, out in life trying to figure things out. Well, if we have community members watching out for them, ready to recognize those signs and knowing what resources there are to help those veterans, um, we believe that we can, you know, get to those, those veterans before they slip into crisis. That's outstanding. And it's interesting because it almost sounds like you you, you read my career uh, bio here because I went in enlisted as a very young, wet-behind-the-ear sailor uh, away from my family, a little bit lonely, thrust into this place, and now I have an identity. I have a, my rank and my last name. Nobody called me Pete or Peter or Pete the job guy anymore. <laughs> it was Petty Officer Langlois. Pete, Pete the boiler engineer, right? right? That's yeah. it. I was jet engine mechanic, AD second class. I re-upped so I could finish my degree and some other things and, and, and stayed in. But then I got out. I had a real difficult transition. Finding a job and I'm still, uh, I was a little militant in my approach and my speak after seven years in. I used 
Navy speak. It was a little different than civilian world. I found it hard to find a job. Now, while I wasn't in crisis, I could see the vulnerable nature of that transition for anybody. The program is simple. I mean, once you go to the firewatch.org, um, you watch videos, you take tests, and you learn uh, what some signs to, to spot is, and some questions to ask. Uh, you're not the, the, the mental health counselor, but you're, you become the conduit to maybe a life-saving conversation with the people that can provide that. Is that, is that a, a fair assessment? 100%. Great assessment. And, and I have to say, you had me on when we launched the Watchstander program, Pete. So thank you. That was, gosh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Well, we've had a major development since. In November, we announced that we're no longer Northeast Florida's fight to end veteran suicide. We're now Florida's. Fight oh, to wonderful. End suicide. So the Firewatch started here in our five counties in Northeast Florida, Baker, Clay, Duval, Nassau, and St. John's. And the Florida Department of Veteran Affairs was watching what we were doing, and they said, can you take that statewide? So we partnered with them, and we're doing that. And we're waiting for um, an appropriation going through session right now in Tallahassee. But um, you'll start seeing those activities ramp up around July 1. Woo-hoo. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome. Exciting, obviously. Can regular old civilians like myself sign up to be you know to support or is this just for veterans it's everybody the whole community so we actually have two paths on the website when you go to the firewatch.org the civilian path and the veteran path and the only difference is there's an extra 15 minute video in our training path on the civilian um course so that extra 15 minute video is a military veteran culture training follow-up question here what sparked this? What I mean, was this a passion of yours for a long time or someone approached you and it, you were passionate about it? I mean, what sparked this I wish journey? It, I wish I could say it was my idea. It wasn't. I was just brought on to, to take it from an idea to a reality. So um, this was started by a, a handful of uh, veteran advocates in our community. Um, one of them is Rory Diamond, who's the CEO of Canines for Warriors, also a Jacksonville City Councilman. Another one is uh, Brigadier General Mike Fleming, um, mm. who uh, used to be the... Um, uh, with the run the Florida Air National Guard, number two at the Florida, actually Florida National Guard. And um, a third is uh, Dan Bean, if you know Dan, a Navy veteran who's um, active um, supporting veteran issues downtown, including leading the charge and bringing the USS Orlick um, downtown. So those those three and a handful of others um, got together, pretty much whiteboarded out a solution with that premise being, let's try to end veteran suicide by preventing veteran mm. suicide. That, that is great. Great premise, a great start, a great story, and certainly a great executive director of the program. And you, Nick, thank you for your service, by the way, too. You know, um, you. let's do this. Uh, let's get some more information out where people can go to, to learn more about the, the, the fire watch or perhaps make a donation to the cause and then i'm going to shift gears after we take a break great sounds good to me people can learn more at thefirewatch.org all right folks that music tells us we need to take a quick break and listen to this message from our show sponsor you're listening to hard worker with pete the job guy on 104.5 wokv hey jacksonville it's me angie langlois one of the managing partners here to Senda resources in jacksonville florida Ascenda resources is an award-winning certified minority-owned staffing firm that specializes in placing highly skilled professionals on a temporary temp to perm or direct hire basis. Call the true professionals at Ascendo today because despite the current challenges, our talented recruiters can find exactly what you need. Call me, Angie Langlois at 904-479-9610. 
All right, folks, if you're just joining us now, my guest today is Nick Howland. He's the executive director of the Firewatch. But, Nick, I also happen to know, unless you, everybody, everybody knows, unless you've had your head in the sand like an ostrich, you're running for a very important city council seat. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's exciting. Tell us a little bit about that and how it's going for you. I am running for uh, city council at large group three. Mm -hmm. um, this was the seat vacated um, when the late and great Tommy Azuri passed back in September. The city charter requires that uh, within six months we uh, fill that seat by special election. So that's what's going on right now. There were four of us in the race. Um, the primary was on December 7th. Uh, I won and one other um, candidate won. So the two of us emerge into the runoff. Early voting starts February 12th. And the election day is February 22nd. So we are in the thick of it right now. Right, right. Mm. And I know you as a senior business executive, uh, a military veteran officer in, in the Navy, uh, you have a broad business base, uh, broad naval experience. Um, how does that help you as a candidate for city council? I think it means my background and my message resonate. Because if you think about it, Jacksonville's a military town. It's a business town. It's a family town. Um, I have military experience. Um, the you know I, I'm a veteran myself. Um, about 25 percent of the population of Jacksonville is associated with the military somehow, either a active duty veteran or a family member. Um, I've run businesses here, three businesses um, for about 15 years. I've run businesses in Northeast Florida, and I've raised my family here. 15 year old, 13 year old, uh, go to Duval County Public Schools. So um, when I talk about my main issues, um, which are uh, strong support of public safety, um, bringing jobs to Jacksonville, which is critically important because if you think about it, we're at about a million now in, in 10 years at our next census in 2030. We're going to be about a 1.3 million person city. People are, here, people are flocking here, and we need to make sure that there are jobs for those families. Um, and then my third is uh, just ensuring when we develop, we do it in a strategic fashion, and we ensure that we maintain the great quality of life that we have in our neighborhoods in Jacksonville. And as we create new neighborhoods to satisfy that growth, that we um, leverage our natural assets like the river, um, the, the ocean, the intercoastal waterway, the wetlands, our weather, our low tax environment, um, and all the green space we have. So really Jacksonville is in many ways is a clean slate right now. Yeah. Um, and we, moving forward, can determine what we want to be by 2030. I oh. look forward to playing a role in that. Yeah, I've got a follow-up question here. So for those of the, that are undecided, not sure when to vote, it sounds like it's kind of a, an offshoot. Do you have T-shirts or pins or anything we can pass out? Um, I've got uh, little pamphlets all about my campaign and, and everything like that. that all I right, folks, you oh, can't, you can't see right? this because this is radio. Shirts, we'll send it out. But, um, <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. I love that. This yeah. is radio. I'll, give, I'll describe the shirt that Eric just he unzipped, about his, oh, there you go. he unzipped his jacket, opened his shirt after he asked, do you have T-shirts? And he's got a, he got a Nick Holland shirt, Nick Holland for City Council I, I have a very uh, distinctive feature, and that's my bald head so he's got it right there on his uh, front of his shirt yep yep you don't see it on radio it doesn't come across as well but right, you know on TV. Right. well we want you to know we're, we're we're totally in your corner you know I'm a, I'm a business executive myself I uh, I have a family here in town uh, I love the fair city of Jacksonville uh, and I want to feel safe and I noticed that in your uh, I look who endorses when I when I'm gonna vote I want to see who's supporting you can you share uh, uh, right here with somebody who 
who your supporters are, and I know they're 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 also kind of uh, folks that are, are pillars in yeah. the community. And if they're endorsing you, I'm like, well, I, you know, I know you. I'm already, you know, you can count on my vote right now. But <laughs> you know, share with the, some of your the endorsements that you have. Well, I was fortunate to launch my campaign with the endorsement of Congressman and former Sheriff John Rutherford. Um, that that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have the endorsement of Sheriff Mike Williams, the Fraternal Order of Police, the firefighters, um, most of the uh, Republican um, House and Senate um, members, uh, state House and Senate members and city council members. And um, what you know, I'm, I'm proud of all those. But the the backing of our first responders um, means the most to me because, you know, there's if, if you look right now at the city of Jacksonville, if we want to, no matter, you know, I mentioned before a blank slate, if we want to be a a great American city by 2030 with 1.3 million people fully developed with an activated downtown and riverfront, um, we need strong public safety, safer streets and safer neighborhoods. Right. We, if you actually look across the nation, it's about per 1,000 residents, the the average is about 2.3 or 2.4 sworn officers. We have just under two sworn officers per 1,000 residents. At a million residents, that means we're about three or 400 officers short of where we need to be. Wow. So I, I would not only support our efforts to retain our existing officers, but also our efforts to recruit new ones. And by all means, one thing we've got to really kind of stop is all this conversation about defunding the police. We need to back the men and women of JSO. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Do, Eric, do those same statistics apply to the fire department as well? Yes, they don't have as difficult a job um, or a difficult uh, ability to retain right now. Um, they uh, are not as far behind in staffing as police. Um, they recognize the biggest issue right now is at JSO. Mm. Mm. E- e- Eric's a former first responder. Yeah, yeah. You got my vote. I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, the fire side, that's where I worked, and I, I'm passionate about that. But the police side, too, I mean, it's... It's a tough job right now, and, and sure. there's a lot of question marks, we'll say is the kindest way to say it, but, it, you know, public safety, jobs in Northeast Florida, great quality of life, all three of which I love. We address public safety, jobs in Northeast Florida. Yeah. What are your thoughts there other than bring them all here, bring where them you all sign here. up? Well, you know, we've done a great job, I think, the city and the chamber of attracting financial services companies. So you see Fintech. Dun & Bradstreet move here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and those are um, high-paying jobs um, for, for you know, professionals and young professionals. I'd like to see us expand our targeted industries to more manufacturing and logistics jobs. And and the reason I'd like to see that is because those provide kind of median family income levels. And as so many families are moving down here, we need to make sure those jobs exist. For the oh, families. I'm so glad you said that, you know, because <laughs> you know, here I am. I'm, I'm also someone that this is where I plant my roots. I can go anywhere and I run yep. a staffing firm. OK, I, I place people in jobs. Right. You know, it's nice to have those high income jobs, but there's a lot of people that are doers in, in yep. the world. They get up, they need to make ends meet, and they need to have jobs. And this is the city of Jacksonville, folks. The river city by the sea with 95 that goes from one end of the uh, United States to the other, and, and it intersects with I-4 that goes the other way in this wonderful port city. Absolutely. Manufacturing, uh, import, export. Logistics, you said it too. Logistics. Yeah, it's a, big one right now. a growing workforce. Oh, a growing workforce. This is the city, and this is the time, and the, the, those 
that level of jobs for for uh, middle income America here in Jacksonville, there's plenty of room. But this the port and the 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 intersection of uh, I-95 and I-4 make this the perfect uh, city to come for for manufacturing and logistics company. I say it all the time. It's nice to hear somebody that can actually do something about it. <laughs> yeah, here. I mean, just think of, I, I kind of rattled off a, a whole bunch of um, great natural assets we have. Um, you just mentioned a couple more, just our logistically our geographic position and, and the workforce we have. I mean, gosh, if you think about it, every other American city probably wishes um, they had what we have right now with the growth trajectory that we're expecting to have in the next 10 years. It, it's been amazing. And we always talk about Jacksonville, you know, Cowford back in the day. But there's there's uh, uh, Jacksonville uh, uh, BTC and after TC. That's before the town center and after the town center. If you remember. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that term. That's outstanding. <laughs> if you remember BTC, <laughs> Jacksonville, uh, go out Butler Boulevard was a two lane toll road east-west one went east one went west freeze that was butler boulevard and as far as you can see on either side was either woods on one side and cow pastures on the other <laughs> and then you we bring in the financial institutions like a big merrill lynch and then you know some of the other companies that opened yep. up off the gate parkway so many and then that then we have this beautiful town center uh jacksonville should be an employer's hub more companies should relocate down here nick if people want more information nick howland they want to learn about your platform, some of the things that you plan to do, priorities, more about your bio and experience. How can they get that information? They can go to votehowland.com. That's vote, H-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. All right. And I like to ask my guests this, right? And this is kind of, it's not a big curveball, but it's kind of easy. You could go, let's say we had a time machine, right? We get the time machine. You get to go back in time and come across your 21-year-old self. If you could walk right up to your 20, maybe 20, 21-year-old self, walk right up to your younger self, put your hand on your shoulder and say, Nick, let me tell you this. Let me give you this bit of advice. What advice would you give your younger self? That's a great question. You know what I would say is don't be afraid to take risks, particularly because that 21-year-old self, that's a time in your life where you have the opportunity to do just that, to take risks, 21 to 25. You know, so don't be afraid to do it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Nick Howland for City Council. Uh, Nick, you got my boat, I'll tell you that. I'm so glad that you came and joined Eric and you I got today. got mine, too. Can I howl for Howland, or is you that too <laughs> All right, while we're howling, that music tells us we're coming to the bottom of the hour break. Join us for the second half of Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. All right. That- <laughs> You're listening to Hard Work with Pete the Dog Guy and one point five WKC. Oh, welcome back, all you hard workers. You're listening to Pete the Job Guy. I wanna- That's one of my favorite, favorite parts of this whole show. That's when our famous producer, Josh McCarthy, his daughter, Adeline, who is super cute, she welcomes us all back from the bottom of the hour break, and she kind of tapers off at the end. I tell you, okay. 
<laughs> she tapers off, and it's funny as heck. With me here is co-host Eric Ross. Eric, what'd you think of that first half, my it man? Was, it was pretty, uh, pretty outstanding. Pretty outstanding <laughs> is the, the you know. to have Nick Howland, who is not only the executive director of the Firewatch, uh, the Firewatch.org, by the way, if you want to learn more about it. That's uh, Northeast Florida. It was Northeast Florida only veteran suicide prevention. They want to preemptively just uh, cut out all suicide for veterans. It's expanded for the state of Florida because they're doing such a great service for our veterans. Uh, um, I happen to be a, a watchstander. Uh, Nick is also running for city council, and that's the, the seat vacated by the late, great Tommy Hazori. But to learn his platform, his background experience uh, is very interesting. What'd you think? It, it is. It is. And I, I was, I'll be honest, I was going to sit out and after speaking to him, obviously on the radio and afterwards in between public safety, jobs in Northeast Florida and great quality of life in Northeast Florida. Right? Like, where do I sign up? Yeah, right? Exactly. No, I don't want any of those. And I want all of this. <laughs> and he means it. I mean, he yep. really means it. And Nick's, uh, I know him because of his military experience and his, his great business mind. He's somebody that, you know, has has a goal in mind, a destination, looks at all possible ways to get there, what's the best way, and he moves forward. He's, uh, uh, he's He is a person of action. I, I, I know that about I'm Nick. Impressed. Yep. I'm impressed. I'm yep. impressed. And, and again, we're on radio, but I did make a custom shirt for him that I will be selling online. No, I'm kidding. At least mailing him one. Oh, you, you know, it's hard to see when you unzip the shirt, uh, uh, you have your jacket, you unzip it, and you show him that shirt, the smile on his face. He yeah. was laughing. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because in radio, nobody knows what we're doing. You just hear a bunch of guys laughing. You didn't know that that happened, but it was uh, uh, it was great. Uh, you know, the guy comes in, Eric's got a picture of, of Nick on his shirt. <laughs> Nick Howland, City Council. It was great. Nick, I, I mean, uh, yeah, Nick. Uh, Eric, tell me. Nick works. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I'll go yeah. by that. We'll call you Nick now. You know what? I, I want to just, you know, right now is I run a staffing company. Everybody knows I run Ascendo Resources. I find jobs for people. And I, I want to talk about your company just for a, a couple of minutes. Too. Fire away. All right. Because, look, I find the jobs for people. People want to know. Uh, you know, three things right away. You know, they want to know uh, what's the compensation, what are the benefits, and then they want to know either something about the corporate culture. I'm getting a lot. Is it a remote or, or is it a work from home opportunity? But benefits play such a key role, uh, and it's 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 always in the top three for anybody that's looking for a job. What are the benefits? What are the benefits? What are the benefits? I hear it all the time. What can uh, employers do? Let's say I'm a small to mid sized employer. Um, you know, 2019 benefit offerings won't work in 2022. Mm -hmm. 2021 benefits for a lot of companies need to be reviewed. You know, what what can companies do to attract and retain and take care of their their what should be their most valuable asset, their employees? You you hit three things the nail on the head. We talk about this all the time. I don't care. Any employee from 250K salary down to 30K salary, whatever the number is, there's three things that everyone asks when they're interviewing for a job. What is the compensation? Mm -hmm. It may not be the first question, but it's going to be in there. What do the employee benefits look like? Mm -hmm. Again, where is it in the questioning? And then company culture, which is a loaded question. Is it remote? Is it not remote? Where are we at? I keep turning my head here. I got I got the stare from our producer. I clearly am not talking to the microphone. <laughs> yeah, when you turn but, your head, you got you to keep your face in front of the mic. I'm new to this, Pete. So the, the same three things, but but employee benefits, it, it is 
expensive. That, that's the first thing is we, we address. This is expensive. Mm-hmm. It is typically the number two or three line item on your P&L. Mm-hmm. Payroll mm-hmm. is number one. Mm-hmm. Employee benefits is probably number two. And then a combination of things can be three. Um, right now, if you don't offer the bare essentials, your health, dental, vision, you could be dead in the water when you come when it comes to recruiting. Right. So you have to look at cost, of course, and the difference between a large company, small company, medium company. There's a lot of stuff out there, but it doesn't matter. They're all pretty expensive. So when you work with someone, right, look through the cost, understand what it is, what you can afford. Then you have all types of fun, what I call SOS, shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. I refer to this all the time. I'm guilty of it. It's like, oh, look, a squirrel. I get distracted. Shiny, <laughs> Bright new, shiny pretty. There, I, let me look over here. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there's uh, fancy spending accounts, uh, PTO stuff, Uber accounts, financial education, stuff, which is all great. Mental health stuff. We've got a couple products right now that are just unique, right? It mm-hmm. only speaks to certain uh, candidates and employees, but you got to have the bare essentials. Right, you, you have to look at the cost, understand what you can afford. A big thing too, and, and this is going to speak to your industry, when you're speaking to a candidate, and let's, I'm going to use 50k as a base salary as an example, mm-hmm. right? So I, I want to make fifty thousand dollars per year to do X, you know, make widgets. I, I don't know, right? Or pick a number. If you're paying them $42,000 a year, money in their pocket, they need to understand that the business is paying an additional $15,000 a year in benefits, health insurance, dental vision, mental health support, financial education, again, whatever the object is. So when presenting to a candidate or hiring a candidate, yes, this is your take home pay, but I need you to see what we're paying on the back end that makes your total compensation up to, you know, 52, 55, 58K. And, and this is where it's starting to get a little dicey, especially younger generations. I'm 38, I'd say 30 and under. If health insurance isn't important to them, then you need to explain, okay, we can build that into your compensation package. But when hiring a candidate, it's important to show the total compensation package. Here's what goes in your paycheck, but I need you to see what we are paying additionally to your salary that's important to you. And- so. Go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, I have those conversations daily. Because if you're an employer and you don't know how to break it down, you don't mm. know how to explain it, which a lot of line managers don't at organizations. They don't know how to explain that, hey, the value of your benefits is X. And let us show you that even though you know the, the, the take-home you know, might be a couple thousand dollars less, the value that our benefits offer you is thousands of dollars more. Love. So I'm going to give you a specific example because this this literally just happened yesterday. And I'm going to do some math on my phone, hopefully. So employee at a company did a bunch of market research. You can go online, look up what is the average salary for this position. Again, things you got to factor in. Cost mm-hmm. of living per region. Right. You live in Jacksonville, the cost of living is different than Miami. Right. Right. And remote, that's navigating something else. So an employee who's taking home 30, this is specific numbers that just happened, $38,000 per year in their pocket mm-hmm. looked in the industry average for that position is 41000 per year. This is a young kid straight out of college. Health insurance is important to them. Dental is important to them. PTO, 401k, all that. When the company broke down and showed them, listen, when you're what you're researching, that's your total compensation package. Here's what we pay for your health insurance. Here's what we pay to match your 401k. Here's what we pay for your dental vision, right? 
whether it's 50%, 100%, her total compensation package is $51,000. But no one explains that to the candidate, the employee. And, and again, kids, especially coming out of college, first job, second job, third jobs, they don't grasp that. They look at the money coming in their bank account. And if those things are important to you, you need to understand the numbers that a business is paying on your behalf to cover that for you. I, I know at, at, at 212 Benefits, your your company, can you help employers to to really show that to prospective uh, candidates or uh, employees? I, I love it. So this industry, again, it's typically <laughs> a pile of crap. Here's your second pile of crap. Here's a bowl of crap. Pick, your, <laughs> pick whatever pile or bowl of crap you want for your insurance. But it's all crap. Which, yeah, whichever whichever pile's the smallest, and that, right. that's terrible. And again, no, no, it's but, funny. It's, but again, it's it is a good analogy. But, but there's so much more. This industry used to be. Here's your insurance op- options. Pick what you want. We'll sign you up. We'll get you signed up, and that's it. Our whole space. You have that's absolutely to that original question. You have to show. All of it. Is it is it HR support? Is it employee handbooks? Is it but yeah, big thing for me. I, I like working with recruiting agencies because they're typically working with HR firms, CFOs, and breaking down the cost to show them like, look, this is what you're paying them, goes in their bank account. But if your business is paying X amount more dollars per year for that employee for something that matters to that employee, that contributes to their compensation package. So yes, that was a really long answer to say, no, yeah, we do that. But <laughs> it's because look, look, I'm going to tell you, as I say, I place people all day long. I get them jobs and talking about compensation, the benefits of the company's perspective, employers are important. I think 99.9% of the line managers that I deal directly with, sometimes I'm working, if it's a CFO and I'm placing a, a controller, you know, the CFO is going to know everything, right? He can explain <laughs> everything. But if I'm working with, let's say, and, and you know, and I'm not knocking any anybody's role or level in the company, I'm just going to give a real world example. If I'm dealing with accounts receivable manager that's bringing in an accounts receivable clerk, mm-hmm. that accounts receivable manager might not be able to do the breakdown and the cost and demonstrate what the value is of the total bet. So people can make that apples to, to apples comparison. You know, what is it? Also, when it comes time for employees at a company, you know, we just kind of went through a cycle here of open enrollment and and, and, and such. The company that I I work for, I don't want to point fingers at my own company, but I just say. We won't name names. Right, right. On on commercials. You know, it, it isn't explained to the level that it should be, what you have available to you, what that value is from a retention standpoint, not just to an enticement, but as a retention. I I think that conversation is changing. Mm -hmm. Historically, you're right. It's not, how do you present it? easy to understand. And again, where's someone in their career? Because someone who's been working for 15 years, 20 years, they understand it, what's important to them. But certain industries, employees, where are they at in their career? Now it's happening. We're seeing it more and more and more, especially, I don't like saying the word COVID because I feel like it's a curse word, even though I found out you can bleep out curse words, right? Is that accurate? COVID, um, COVID, COVID. Yeah, can you bleep out COVID for us? <laughs> um, 
Now it's an important conversation because you said it yourself. It's part of the conversation, part of the topic. And now people have to understand wherever you are in the hiring process for a manager, how to explain this simply and break it down because it's relevant and it will affect whether or not someone takes a job with you or stays at your business, period. Right. And I don't think that moving forward employers, I hope you all hear this, right? If you and every single one of your managers can't readily explain your benefits and the value of your benefits, uh, you might have a retention problem, certainly have a problem attracting uh, new savvy-minded candidates, the ones that you want to work for you. They're becoming more savvy, guys. They didn't just, here, take this. This is what we offer, and you pick one. All right, guys, that music tells us we got to take a short break and listen to this message from our show sponsor. You're listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV. Hey, Jacksonville. It's me, Angie Langlois, one of the managing partners here to Ascenda Resources in Jacksonville, Florida. Ascenda Resources is an award-winning, certified minority-owned staffing firm that specializes in placing highly skilled professionals on a temporary, temp-to-perm, or direct hire basis. Call the true professionals at Ascendo today because despite the current challenges, our talented recruiters can find exactly what you need. Call me, Angie Langlois, at 904 479-9610. Welcome back, all you hard workers. That's our show sponsor, Ascendo Resources of Jacksonville and the world-famous Angie Langlois. Thank you for the show sponsorship. You're something special. You know that, Angie? All right, guys, Eric Ross and I here, and Eric also has been doing, and not just co-hosting with me, but he also has been doing a segment called Common Sense Ain't So Common, where he shares with us a real-world workforce-related scenario that will leave you scratching your head. They're always weird. They're always funny. And, you know, with no further ado, let's go right into Common Sense Ain't So Common. Hello, Mr. Job Guy. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, sir. The cheesy, how are you doing question. So, Common Sense Ain't So Common, one of the greatest quotes my grandfather ever taught me as a young age. Uh, essentially, professional stories, wisdom, maybe advice that will oftentimes leave you scratching your head thinking, no way this happens somewhere else, <laughs> right? right? But in the reality is, you probably listen and say, man, I can relate to that. That happens all the time in my office. So first request, if you listen, whether it's on the radio, on the podcast, please send stories. I love them. They're hysterical. We try to share them when we can. Today's a little bit different. We're going to try to 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 spitball here a little bit and throw out just random ideas of common sense not being so common. All right, let's so, do it. So I'm going to put Pete on the spot real quick. See if you can't think think of one real quick, thinking no way this happened. Well, even in the Navy would be a great story. Just one of those times where you're like, how is that possible? And then it happened more than once. And you just think common sense clearly is not so common. What you got? Bring it. So I'm saying, do you, do you have one off the top of your head? Oh. I've got a, I always have some. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had a... Uh, I had a uh, <laughs> I had a, a chief in the Navy that told me that uh, anytime we, we were working uh, on the flight deck, oh man, we're, we're stretched for time right now. We're pressed for time. Sprint drill, sprint All right, drill. Real quick, he told me that at night when we're working on the flight deck uh, of an aircraft carrier, that we had to put these lenses on our flashlights so that it wouldn't blind the pilots. Makes sense. 
but the batteries wear out a whole lot faster because we put that that um, that little lens because I guess the batteries work harder to pump out more. Le- and I told him that is ridiculous. He got mad at me, and I said, "No, no, no, don't. I, I'm not. I was questioning his authority, yeah. and he had to remind me of his rank that I I was out of my out of line. And I, I mean, when you're wrong, getting mad doesn't make you more right." Love it. That that is actually a great example of what I was going to talk about. We're gonna we're gonna be quick here. Be nice. It, it is. It seems like common sense, but be nice. You ever see uh, Roadhouse, the movie Roadhouse? I did. Remember, remember Andy Dalton, I Patrick did. Swayze. Yes. Just be nice. Just it's that be, simple. How's that? And then when it's time not to be nice, then you don't be nice. So so I call two people. We have nice Nick and a hole Andy. Right. They're on the same career path their whole life starting the same position and and who are you going to promote a hole andy or nice nick nice nick period Bam. that's it <laughs> speaking Common of sense speaking of speaking of nice let's get this week's boston update with boston danny hello jacksonville danny here with your northern update well it's been bitterly cold up here in the north and they don't call it the great white north or nothing because we've had some good snowstorms um, you know, it's that time of the year. We're right in the thick of it. Still good working weather for us hard workers, though. But one thing we got to count on is the Boston Bruins. They've been doing fantastic. We got Tuka Rask back. He's still trying to find his groove, but he'll figure it out. He'll get it on, and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll bring us, you know, Lord Stanley. We can parade it down Boylston Street this year. The Celtics are getting back together. They're looking pretty good. Uh, you know, the... They're coming up on 500. They're trying to find it. They'll get their groove together by the end of the year, hopefully. But we still watch them. It's still good winter sports for that one. Um, you know, everyone's rooting. You know, everyone's glad for Big Poppy. They think it's great what's going on with him. I'm glad everybody loves him as much as we do and did when he was playing here. He's a great guy. Deserves the Hall of Fame. And, you know, Tom Brady, we're all wondering about him. What's going to go on? He had a great year this year, too. We had some great football. I like to think the... Uh, the Patriots contributed to that one there to, you know, get everyone to step up their game a little bit more because, boy, we had some great had some great playoffs there. So, you know, I'm still doing my thing with, uh, you know, dropping some Boston lore and, you know, history here and there. You know, we're a big seafaring town, have been for a long time. A lot of uh, uh, commerce and a lot of our business was built on the sea. But Captain Kidd, notorious pirate, he was captured in Boston on July 6th. 1699, Captain William Kidd was arrested for piracy in a house near today's Washington and Milk Streets on a warrant issued by New England Governor Lord Bellamont. Kidd had been hired by a group of investors, which included Bellamont, to hunt pirates in Africa, but he turned pirate himself, or he's falsely accused of doing so. Captain Kidd was in prison. He was shipped to England, tried, found guilty of piracy and murder, and hanged in London on May 24, 1701. Kid's body was placed on a gibbet and left to rot as a warning to other pirates or would-be pirates. Before Kid was put to death, the convicted pilot alleged to have told his captors that he buried some of his buried some of his loot in the Caribbean. Despite generations of treasure hunters who attempted to locate the treasures, nothing has ever been found. So there's a little bit of our maritime history. So I got your shout-outs, folks. Send them to me. You know I like to butcher them up. I want to wish a wicked. Happy birthday to Nick Pratt, and that's from Susie and the Kids. A wicked happy birthday to Shauna Anderson from Ronnie, and a happy birthday to Linda Scott. Do something nice for you folks, it's, it's your day.
Brothers and sisters in Jacksonville, remember our first responders, our military, retired and active duty. You guys have a great weekend. Peter, you're bringing it on hard, just, just like Brady did. Enjoy yourselves, folks. All right, that was a great segment from Boston Danny. Always love the Boston updates. If you have a shout-out for uh, maybe your friend or someone you know, loved one, has a birthday, anniversary, uh, or maybe they just made your workday a little brighter and you'd like to recognize them for it, send me an email. My email is Pete at PeteTheJobGuy.com. I'll take your email, I'll put it in Boston Danny's hot little hands, and he's going to give you a, your person a wicked piss of shout-out like only Boston Danny can. Common sense ain't so common. All right? Nice Nick, a-hole Albert or whatever. They- Andy. I know an Andy who's an a-hole. <laughs> Andy. Nicety. Um, you know, it, it isn't always walking around and pumping sunshine, sunshine yeah. and roses at people. It From a common sense perspective, just smiling can it's make him. someone's day a little brighter. To say greeting people. Hey, good morning. Please. How are you? Thank Please. you. I appreciate you. Oh, my God. that That's probably the number one reason that people leave jobs right now where they're looking because they don't feel appreciated uh, for, the, for their job. Just saying, you know what, Eric? I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming here. I appreciate all that you do, and and I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's just something like that. Pete, I, I appreciate you. Let's say someone does leave their job. Who should they call, and what should they do? Well, they should call Pete the Job Guy. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> <Who>? <laughs> they need to, anybody looking for a job, or if you're looking for qualified talent, you call Pete the Job Guy, 904-999-4878. I'll say that again. You want to work with me directly, I'm happy. Happy to help you. 904-999-4878. Eric, if someone, let's say I'm an employer, small to mid-sized company, and I want someone to come out, evaluate my benefits, and let me know if if I'm marketable, if, if I'm able to attract and retain my talent, who should they call? Mm, I would say me or 212 Benefits, Eric at 212Benefits.com, 904-382-0854. And 212 is spelled out, not the 212-T-W-O-T-W-E-L-V-E, which is hard to say on the radio. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. We are so glad that we were able to spend time with you today. Listen to our show. If you missed the first half, we had Nick Howland on. He's running for city council. He's also the executive director of Firewatch, uh, firewatch.org. Guys, you can always listen to the show. PeteTheJobGuy.com. We'll be posting it out there, and you can hear me on Apple, Tune, Spot, of this and that. I don't know what the heck they all are. You did it. You just listened to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV.